Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. For the past few months, Pastor J.D. has implored all of us to get ready for the return of Christ. Well, this week he tweaked his verbiage, be ready. He believes the rapture of the church is so imminent that it's too late to get ready. Stay firm in your faith, be humble, and look up. The Lord is coming very soon. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's today's Prophecy Update as shared on March 7th, 2021. After really seeking the Lord this last week concerning today's update, I sensed that He would have me address the need to be ready. And you'll forgive me for what might sound like a play on words, but I chose the title of Be Ready instead of Get Ready for this reason. I really do not believe with all of my heart, I truly do not believe that there's any more time to prepare and get ready. Rather, we need to be ready for what may come in the days ahead. Uh, There may have been a time in the not too distant past where you could say, this is what's coming. But now I stand before you today and say, that which was coming is already here and we need to be ready. We're going to begin, as we always do, with the Word of God, and we do this in order to establish a firm foundation as the basis upon which we do these updates. Our first verse is Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. We'll be in Luke for a couple of verses here. And I want to draw your attention to verse 35. Jesus is speaking and says, Be dressed, ready, for service, and keep your lamps burning. Luke 12, verse 40. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. Luke 21, 36. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Revelation 3.3, this is the letter that Jesus had John by the Holy Spirit write to the church in Sardis, and he says in verse 3, chapter 3, Remember therefore what you have received and heard, hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, 
I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Revelation sixteen fifteen. Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 6. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Also, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, this time verses 2 and 3. I'm sure you're familiar with this one. We talk about it often. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, while they are saying these two words specifically, peace and safety, peace and security, peace and stability, same word translated from the original Greek word asphalia, peace and safety, while they're saying that, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Proverbs 22.3, one of my favorite Proverbs along with all the other Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. And last but certainly not least, Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 13, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait, watch for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. The reason I selected these specific passages is because they all speak to being at the ready in our anticipation, even expectation, of the Lord's soon return. So much so that we have no unfinished business. We have our affairs in order, as we talked about last week. And this because we know that the rapture of the church can happen at any time. It's imminent and actually This is the first one 
on our list of that which we need to be ready for, namely the imminent return of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church. I hope you don't tire of me saying this. (laughs) I'm going to keep saying it as long as the Lord gives me breath. And as long as I have this privilege that is mine to stand behind this pulpit in this His church, I'm going to keep saying it. I truly believe with all my heart that the rapture can happen at any time. We are so, so close. Closer than any of us, myself included, can possibly even begin to imagine. Now I'm keenly aware there are those who would argue that the word rapture is not in the Bible, and that's okay. You know, when I was younger, I I had more energy. I was a little more militant when somebody would say that to me. But now as I get older, I, I would like to chalk it up to spiritual maturity. You know, I'm just a more gracious and, you know, kind and gentle and more Christ-like man. That's not it. I just don't have the energy anymore. It's kind of like, you know how it is when, you know, something happens or somebody says something. When you're younger, it's kind of like, all right, we're doing this. You know, as you get older, it's kind of like, that's nah, right. <laughs> so what do you say to those who would say that the word rapture isn't in the Bible? You can say, okay, if you have an English Bible, then no, the word rapture is not in the English Bible, but it is in the Latin. And it's actually the word rapturous, which is transliterated into the English word rapture. And it's in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let me read verses 15 through 18. The Apostle Paul is writing, this is his first epistle by the way, So Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writes, verse 15, According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep, speaking of death, those who died in Christ. And here's why. (laughs) For the Lord Himself, verse 16, will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and very important, with the trumpet call of God. There are two kinds of trumpets in Scripture. There's the trumpet of angels for Israel, the trumpet of God for the church. Please make that distinction. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be, wait for it, (laughs) two words, caught up. In the Greek, harpazo. In the Latin Vulgate, rapturous. Kind of like rapture better than harpazo. Rapture sounds quicker, and I like that, you know. That's what that word is, translated caught up, raptured up. Harpazo, snatched away, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another 
with these words. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to read verses 51 through 53. The Apostle Paul again refers to the rapture. Verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, speaking of death, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. You know what this means for those of us that are alive at the time of the rapture? The dead in Christ rise first, bodily resurrection. And then we who are alive, get this, we put off this, I can't wait, I mean this alone. (laughs) This body's got a lot of miles on it, okay? (laughs) This thing in the twinkling of an eye is put off, and instantaneously I put on my new glorified body. I can't wait. I've already put in my order. That's the rapture. Dare I say that this is what happens next on God's prophetic calendar? Let me say it like this. There's nothing that has to happen before the rapture happens. It can happen at any time. This brings us to the second one on our list to be ready for, and it's that of the aforementioned sudden destruction, while they're saying peace and security. And this will come vis-a-vis the brewing of an all-out war in the Middle East. For the last, I want to say probably two, three, four plus years, we've been talking about this specifically, a prophecy in Isaiah 17 verse 1. It's a prophecy against Damascus. See, Damascus will no longer be a city, but will become a heap of ruins, and it will become uninhabitable, completely and totally and utterly destroyed. Hasn't happened yet, but it's about to happen. And I truly believe that when it does happen, it will serve as a catalyst for another very important prophecy found in Ezekiel chapter 38. Let me just kind of give you a quick summary of what this prophecy is about. There's going to be an alliance of nations, and at the helm is going to be Russia, Iran, and Turkey. And they will lead this invasion of Israel from the north through Damascus, Syria, into Israel for the purpose of taking a spoil, taking what Israel has. Oh, what does Israel have? Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. I want to draw your attention to verse 13. 
in Ezekiel 38. This prophecy in Ezekiel 38 has so much detail in it. And here's one of the details that to me is just astonishing, because it says that Sheba Dedan, this is the ancient name for the modern day area we know today as Saudi Arabia. Hang on to that, we're going to come back to that. Sheba Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, to this alliance of nations that's invading Israel, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder? In other words, they're only protesting this invasion, not a part of this invasion. And they're questioning whether or not this invading alliance of armies is doing this to take what Israel has, which presupposes at the time of this prophecy's fulfillment that Israel will be very prosperous. Again, hang on to that. On Sunday the Jewish press reported that there were multiple airstrikes targeting Iranian military positions in Damascus. Here's a quote. The official Syrian Arab news agency, Sana, reported late Sunday night that Israel fired missiles from the direction of the Golan Heights targeting an area in the vicinity of Damascus. A military source announced that, (laughs) keep in mind this is an Arab uh, source, the Israeli enemy, okay, they're the enemy, launched an air aggression from the direction of the occupied (laughs) Syrian Golan. Because they're the occupiers. They're the enemy and they are the occupiers. And they say it just like that too. Of the occupied Syrian Golan and targeted some posts in the vicinity of Damascus, adding that the Syrian air defenses intercepted the hostile missiles and shot down most of them. Hebrew language news correspondent Amikai Stein at Israel's Cannes News Public broadcasting station said in a post on Twitter, the reported Israeli airstrike, this is important, in Syria is a response to an Iranian attack on an Israeli ship near the Gulf of Oman this weekend. What's going on here? Oh, enter the Abraham Accords. On Monday, the Jerusalem Post published a report about how Israel is now in talks with Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Bahrain, and are calling for a NATO of the Middle East as a defense alliance against Iran. I want you to listen to this quote. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, as the Saudi Crown Prince is known, 
secretly met in Neom, a planned futuristic Saudi city on the Red Sea last November. Did you hear about this? I didn't either. Foreign Minister Gabi Ashkenazi spoke with Omani Foreign Minister Badr al-Busaidi, stating that, quote, views, this is Netanyahu in Saudi Arabia, by the way, views were exchanged on a number of issues of common interest, as well as the importance of supporting all efforts aimed at achieving, wait for it, (laughs) peace and stability in the region. We agreed to maintain our direct channel of communication and to further enhance cooperation. You know what's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on here. Ezekiel 38 is going on here. Isaiah 17 is going on here. The prophecies in Daniel concerning the peace agreements is going on here. And as we're about to see here in a moment, prophecies in the book of Revelation are going on here. And it's all coming together exactly as we were told it would be. This last week, Pastor Ray Bentley of Maranatha Chapel in San Diego sent me a video. In it, he talks about the stunning fulfillment of prophecy vis-a-vis the Abraham Accords, and how that Israel may become the new global center of energy and trade. And the reason being is that Israel already controls a key oil pipeline that runs from her southern port city of Elat on the Red Sea to the city of Ashkelon, on her Mediterranean coast. Surprisingly, this blew me away. The oil conduit was constructed more than 60 years ago in a joint venture between Israel and Iran. Many years before Iran's radical Islamic revolution took place. Here's a quote from Pastor Ray. Now we begin to see what's behind the scenes of Israel's tri-continental hub. We also begin to realize that behind the scenes, what is driving the Abraham Accords on one level is politics, on another level is religion, but on another level, what's behind it is money. There are grander plans under discussion between these two former rivals. Shockingly, Israel and the UAE are looking at the possibility of constructing a massive Israeli canal project. This would be large enough to facilitate transit of the world's largest sea-going vessels. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for Truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.